Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about edible underwear, the only flavor for me is pumpkin spice. Yeah. Oh, right. underoos especially. Yeah, through the holidays. Oh, wait a minute. We're rolling. All right. Well, let's roll. So he's Mark. And he's Rich. And we are Two, two guys, guys on Block, Block Island. Island. I feel that breeze. It's blowing in off the sea. All right, welcome listeners to our edition of the podcast, and we have a guest with us today that uh, I've known for many years. She's a lovely young lady. Her name is Madden Gracie. Madden, welcome to the studio with us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm a little hungover today, typical Block Island weekend, right. but such is life. <laughs> One to ten. Uh, I'd say 9.8. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, wow. So you're just starting to be hungover now. But when I'm hungover, I am in a weird mood, so... Cool. We're well, that have works a fun out time great. today. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And That's just for the record, I couldn't tell at all. You look, you know, completely marvelous and fantastic and like, you know, you're a pro, obviously. Oh, Mark. Yes. Yeah. I you, Summering out here, you really learn. Yeah. How, how to handle and manage a hangover. Oh, it's all yeah. about hangover management, I find. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I had a liquid IV this morning. Yeah. Um, those, I highly recommend those. Yeah. Did you uh, did you have the shaman come in and do the sage and everything? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you use Joe? Yeah, he actually lives at the Trathaways. Oh, cool. Oh, is that the guy that I saw in your basement last week? Yeah, he, oh. I wouldn't say lives there, but he does crash there right. every night, cool. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't look hungover. That's the whole point. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And do I sound hungover? Uh, nope, not even. You seem Perfect. vibrant and lively. Yeah, Amazing. chipper even. Great. You yeah. know, it's something in this water. Ah, the water. Oh, we've had some talks about that on previous podcast. We Being have. surrounded by water. yeah. We, us being made up so much of water. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Could Most a, of our body is yeah. water. I think I could use more water right now, but. Do you think the full moon affected? You know, we just recently, the moon is still pretty full. and We have a theory that that really plays into how what we all do and how we do. You know, it really is a good excuse for my behavior, <laughs> so. Right. That's it. Perfect. Any excuse works. Well, do us a favor. Tell us real quick, uh, what, what are you up to right now? Like, let's start with where you are, where do you live, and, and what do you do for a living? All right. Well, currently I live in Silver Spring, Maryland um, with my lovely boyfriend, Jake Murray, and our two cats, Pino and Captain, named after alcohol. Um, I promise you I'm not an alcoholic, but um, I might be. So Promises we, were meant to be broken. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm an editor down there. Um, we actually returned north to live with my mom this summer due to the C word. Right. So, you know, Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside D.C., it was very crowded, and we thought it would be nice to return to rural Connecticut. Tell us a little bit about how you, how did you get to Block Island? When did you start coming? All right, well, way before I was conceived, my grandparents built a house here in 1980, um, and then my mom called my grandparents to say, I'm Prego, with twins, and my grandpa said, huh, and called his architect, and they added on to the house. And then he added on again because he just, you know, he loves us, but he wanted some space. So um, I started coming out here when I was three weeks old, did summers out here, uh, worked out here for many years. And uh, my grandparents sadly sold that house. But what's the saying? You can take the island girl off the island, but can't take the island out of the girl. Right. Right. So what what are some of your earliest memories of the island? Like what year do you really kind of re- have like visions of and you're like, okay, now I really remember this? Um, I'd say it's been forever. I, one of my earliest memories is my mom getting pulled over on Cornac Road, actually. Really? Yeah. Speeding? 
Yeah, she was drunk, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Most so, people are. Yeah. What else do you do out here? Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm take. I unbelievable. I, this is just. You know, you're not afraid, huh? Your mom's not going to get mad at you talking like that. Yeah, Caitlin's a great woman. She, she is. She, I I love her. Yeah. So sorry, mom. It's always good when you're on a first name basis with your mom too. When you name oh, drop yeah. the mom, and it's like Caitlin. It's not. Yeah. Mom. People always. think it's a little weird, but she's she's a great girl. And, yeah. and who else is in the family? You you're a twin. Yep, I have a twin brother, Jed, a younger brother, Angus, uh, and then my, everyone knows my aunt Meg, Meg Doyle, previously Meg Lynch, um, and then my grandparents are. Jack and Helen Lynch. Um, I call them Marmar and Da, but um, everyone probably knows Jack. Now, the Da always got me. I wondered yep. how that came about. I, I envisioned that, you know, they were like, say grandpa, say grandpa. And you went like, that. That and is they, literally they what like, happened. Is that what happened? Of and course. they just said, that's going to be it. She said it. She said grandpa. No, she didn't. She said, like, close enough. Duh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Da's, Jack's a pretty fancy dude. And he's like, I want to be grandfather. He wanted and you to call him grandfather? He did. As in, hello, grandfather. Precisely. What? And uh, then, obviously, we couldn't say that, and he settled for da, which I think means father in Irish. Did he, oh. like, try to hammer that into you once you were old enough to speak and try, kind of reprogram you and be like, you know, kid, the whole da thing isn't really working for me. I prefer grandfather. Yeah, he gave up. He did. Yeah. yeah. You were just like, it's not going to happen. It's not happening, dude. Right. It could have been some nice sentences, like, thanks for building us the wing in your house, Duh. I mean, grandfather. Maybe I should pick it up now. Why don't is see he why still not? around? Oh, he is. He's well, there you go. I yeah. would love to get him on this show. Cool. Let's talk. You know what? Do you mind if we talk about him for a minute? No, so, let's do it. So he is um, Jack Lynch, and he's done many great things out here. And was he was he a summer guy? He never lived here year round. Never year round. But he no. was a seasonal guy. So he did all this while being a seasonal uh, person on Block Island. Um, he authored three books. Did he any more than that that you know of? Not that I know of. I know of Fishing Up the Moon. Yep. Sword, which is, you know, he researched the sword industry mm-hmm. and why it was going away and all that stuff. And then he also had something to do, and I think your Aunt Meg helped with the um, the Weatherby's Block Island book, which is... Yeah, Aunt Meg know. actually took the pictures for that um, in Club Soda. Uh, early 90s, I think, because they were starting to, you know, fall Fade apart. Fade and get, Fade. yeah, yeah. Right now, let's we like to give a little info for the listeners who aren't familiar with everything and everybody on Block Island. So, uh, the Club Soda is the bar located in the basement level of the Highview Hotel, which is currently being used for employee housing, but uh, it's one of the oldest hotels on Block Island. And this um, artist, who was an artist in New York in Greenwich Village, um, he came out to Block Island in the 1940s, uh, and he basically bartered for room and board and cocktails in the bar. And uh, for painting, and he and he painted all the walls of the entire basement bar of the in the Highview, and a lot of it's still there and still intact. Some of it's taken some hits over the years, and he also did some you know free art, wall paintings, canvas, you know, canvas at paintings right. that you know framed and hung in the Highview Hotel, and um, that's where your grandfather decided that this was a fascinating gentleman. He had he had really captured the thriving New England sword fishing industry. And I think if you ask around, I think you'll find that if if you were to ask anybody who knows anything about the art, Block Island art community, and you say who, if you had to pick one, who is the quintessential Block Island artist, I think the name H.D. Weatherby would come up quite often, I think. I think so. Um, and my grandpa made prints out of them. Um, I think he gave some to you, Rich. He did. He did. I won't tell the full story, but my 
we, my partner and I had just started a business and there was a plane crash into the business and it destroyed it completely. And we will talk about that in another episode. I'll give you all the, the details of that story. But, uh, when we were going back into business, he, he knew we were really broke and we didn't have much. And he came by with a complete frame set of the Weatherby picture prints for us to hang in the restaurant. I thought that was just one of the kindest things. It was very, very nice among tons of kindness from other people too. But that one really stands out. And, and we sold, of course, but I still have many of them hanging in my house. You, you probably see them. I do. They're in your kitchen right yeah, now. Yeah, you saw them yesterday. Yeah, I, I sure did. Before you started drinking? <laughs> Throughout. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, I looked at it and thought, Da would be so ashamed of me. <laughs> you, mean gran- uh, you mean grandfather? Grandfather. He loves you so much. Well, so Weatherby was really, I mean, a fantastic painter. He really captured, there's something about his paintings that captures... You know, that's the good thing about good art is you you can't really put your finger on exactly why it draws you in. Um, But yeah, his 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 images of especially the one with the uh, spear, the sword fisherman in the pulpit getting ready to harpoon the swordfish. That's a classic one. And I actually believe where the originals out here, I believe, are all at the weather uh, bureau, the weather station, that house owned by uh, Joe Noel. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Didn't know that. Pretty sure. The book's worth checking out. It's, yeah. I mean, he actually, this guy, Weatherby, would actually, he would go out on the sword fishing boats with them. And that's how, because, you know, back then you didn't, no, no way of taking a digital picture to paint from or anything like that. He would capture the image in his mind right. by, by being on the sword fishing boat, I believe. Because he, sure he sure wasn't trying to paint it while he was on the boat. Imagine that. You never it know. It would, wouldn't look, t- actually. Might Maybe it cool. helped him feel like he was back at the high view in the lounge right? <laughs> painting after four margaritas. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, that's your grandpa's quite a guy. It'd be nice to get him uh, as, a, as a guest on our podcast for some conversation. So uh, you mentioned your grandparents. They basically, re- it was retirement time and they decided to sell the, the home on Block Island. And this was, of course, where you... Um, you know, spent your summers working out here, but you wanted to continue. So uh, you basically found yourself in the ranks for the first time of uh, summer homeless, as we call it, you know, summer worker homeless. And what I find unique and interesting about it is your mom was also, because, you know, what did you, she worked out here summers as well. What are some of her jobs out here in the summer? So she was a hostess at the Yellow Kittens during the day and then Winfields at night. Okay. And then you, but you both found yourself on the search for a place to stay. We did. My grandparents just all of a sudden were like, this is becoming too much. So they put the house on the market really for a price to sell. I think it broke records how quickly it sold, probably 10 days. Um, So that was devastating. And my mom and I weren't ready to give up. So we actually went through the realtor who sold our house and uh, she found us a little, I'd call it a closet above. at Bimmy. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. you're lucky to have that. I mean, the fact that you found housing, you know, is It was a miracle. Amazing. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then that summer, I started dating my boyfriend. Um, he thought it was great. I had this place to myself. My mom hadn't come out yet. She was still doing her real job. And I told him, you know, we were probably a month into dating. And he, I said, my mom's coming out. He said, for the weekend. And I said, for the summer. <laughs> By the way, that sounds like the, it sounds like the beginning of all great relationships. Hey, I met this great guy. He really likes me. And the guy's like, yeah, you have a place to stay? Sweet, I'm in. Yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but, but 
you know, you didn't break. He didn't break up with you when you booted him, right? No. Because I'm assuming he didn't stay there with you and your mom. You know what? A couple nights I tried to get him to, and yeah, that would feel that's all. Yeah, it can it get weird. Little, it could have gotten mm-hmm. really weird. So sure, it was a small yeah. place. And your mom, um, she's still she's she works at a school, right? That's what led her still come out here for summers. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So she's... was it fun rooming with your mom for a summer? To oh, I loved it. Block it was so fun. We would, you know, after we got off our shifts, we'd go to Shoals. Kick back some drinks and. I'm gonna say she's like one of the gang. Totally, you know, I've I've spent a few nights hanging with her. She's did you fun. guys drink the same thing, or did you have your separate uh, drinking schedule? Oh, Pinot schedule? Grigio, Pinot Gris, all the way. Okay, yeah. Oh. So you guys bonded over Pinot Gris. Oh yeah, and you know, actually, she that summer she got into uh, cucumber vodka. Oh, who didn't at yeah, one point? It was it right? was hot that summer. Yeah, so hot. So the cucumber vodkas. How do you drink that? I've never had it. Just on the rocks, or do you mix? Is there a special drink? You it's make hard to it? get the cucumber through the straw, so you really have oh. to like. Yeah, it's have tough. Some, you know, I like it when it's like a hollowed out cucumber, and you just take shots of vodka out of the cucumber. Wow, pro! He's yep. a pro. Hopefully, yep. there's some pictures of that. Um, I guess. <laughs> no one <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Ugh. All right. Well, so um, when did you start working on Block Island, and what, what was your first job, and how old were you? So my first job was actually nannying, or I was mother's helper for my Aunt Meg. Um, She had three young kids. They lived in Texas, so obviously they escaped up here for the heat. Um, And I just started nannying, and then she uh, she got me in with Molly O'Neill at the Scarlet Begonia. So Molly was my first real boss, and love her. And then um, the oar. And then you went to the oar. How many summers did you do at the Scarlet Begonia? Uh, I, I did three or four, and then sadly she closed. Uh, oh, that was the time you made the switch. Yes. That's when she made the switch, you made the switch. How old were you then? I was 16. All right. And then tell us about your your embarkation of employment at the OR. All right. So what happened was my grandma was friends with Rita, and Rita needed help for race week. Rita Draper. Rita Draper. And, of course, my grandma assumed my brothers would want to make some money, so she got them signed up and they bailed so i did it instead and i'll never forget i showed so you up. were the third choice i was you okay know. but that's right being, you hung in there being a female it's tough <laughs> so when my brothers bailed i showed up i'll never forget i walk up huge tent on the lawn of the oar all these sailors and i walked up to rita who's just the most lovely lady and she said you can go get changed over there lo and behold it was george's house i don't think anyone's been in george's house that little house on the lawn. Yep, yeah. Yep. So I went in there and put on the shirt and uh, went back under the tent. And some, you know, they experienced high turnover at the oar like any summer. So the hostess quit and they offered me a job. And George, as you refer to him, he's the GM. Basically. He is. Okay. Is he still? He is. And he's he ran there. a tight ship this summer with the C word. I have to say, George, I don't know him all that well personally. Um, I used to provide the audiovisual support at the Race Week tent for oh. years. That was me. The guy that was like stumbling up to the bar probably to try and get drinks. <laughs> right. Yeah. I saw yeah. you drink a lot of mudslides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. So George was like, I, I mean, you know, I can say this because I, I don't really even know the guy, but he's got a certain way about him. He's very a direct and to the point at times. And uh Kind of doesn't have a problem letting you know how you should do things. The way I'd I'd put it, 
That is a great way of putting it. Yeah. George, you know, my first summer, I thought, how can they have this mean guy here? But I actually wrote him a letter last year and said, thank you for being the best boss I ever had. Um, you really transformed me and like, feel like I'm doing well in my job now because I had him guide me. Tough love. Yes, basically. exactly. Yeah. He just like put the hammer down. It's like, this is how it's done. Yep. Do it. And you're he made like, me cry a few times. Yeah. But all for the better. Well, we're going to probably hopefully make you cry. I hope so. Today yeah. On this podcast. Breeze a charm. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll cry with you. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank yeah. you guys. It's like a so you start working for George at the Yard. Tell us about some of those race week experiences because I was there too. I have my own stories about the race week tent and um, describe it for us. If you had to, you're talking to a, a, a complete strangers right now. So tell them what race week is. Tell them what the tent is. So race week is, it's a sailing race. Um, so all these sailors come out and they are the cheapest fuckers you'll ever meet. You're damn right. Yep. And they love their Mount Gay. Um, and, you know, I was this young 16 year old girl and they just were ruthless. Um, Hitting on you. Oh, yeah. Inappropriate. Tip me a quarter yeah. if I was lucky. All wearing their red hats and their little fleece vests. And they have, they, they all wear Rolex Submariners. You notice that? Oh, yeah. They all wear Submariners. Yeah. It's like the, it's like they have a stamp and they just stamp these people out of like the same cookie cutter die cast mold well and I, I i think that even if you're not like them when you get absorbed into a group that's been doing it you just have to become you know you kind of group mentality you become oh this is how i'm supposed to be yeah well you don't have to if you choose to if you want to if yeah. you want to be a join the herd of douchebags then if that's your life goal then sure well and it's it's a lifestyle but i don't think they all have the money to have that lifestyle they're just trying to mimic the one or two guys that does have the money that has the lifestyle yeah you know what i mean completely yeah they you know i've seen them act very arrogant like they're better than everybody else not all of them and let me let no. me say that yeah there's there's definitely you know and i think the stereotype has changed over the last few years i gotta say they've become they've seemed to be nicer and better they they actually reached out one year and said to the chamber or somebody you know why are we getting this bad name and you know we it was explained and I think they asked, you know, Hey, you know, we're not quite like that. Cause I, the racers of, you know, late eighties and nineties, it was a lot different. It was a lot back then. They were, tough they were salty dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so tell us a couple, <laughs> do you have any like stories off the top of your head? You can remember that you're like, Whoa, that was so messed up. You know, not specifically race week, but I do have some wild or stories in general. Do we want to? Yeah. You? Awesome. Sure. Yeah. We can, right. we can always get back to bashing on the race week people. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, there's always time want. for that. Yeah. So one of my favorite stories uh, actually involves Rich's daughter. She's um, my best friend, Lindsay. Uh, I got her permission to tell this story. So she served with me at the OR. She's a fellow ORite. Or whore, as we like to say. Or whore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what you call yourself? We do. Really? Yeah. Once like an or whore, always an or whore. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay was serving one summer. And uh, I'm not going to name names here, but we had a pretty tough... Uh, manager, not George, uh, and she ran a tight ship and she told it as it was. You know, one time Malia Obama actually came to the OR and our manager made her wait on the lawn for two hours. And we said, how can you do that? And she said, she has to wait like everyone else. So. Wow. That so so there's picture. no special favors at the OR is what we're oh, saying. Oh, no, no, no. All right. It is not like Burger King. You can't have it your way. Wow. Yeah. So I can't come in and be like, yo, Madden, what's up? Get me his table. You'll be like, sorry. Yeah, no. No. 
I can't I can't even see I can't even do that to myself. But in the or's defense, if you do have to hang out waiting for a table somewhere at a restaurant, the or is not a bad place to do it. It sure isn't. It's right. You can't beat it. Yeah. So describe for our listeners what the setting is like. Yeah, it's gorgeous right on the water. Um, People come for the scenery and, you know, the food's standard. It's fried Cisco. Um, (laughs) Wow. I know what you mean, though. It won't kill you. Nobody's, you're going there and you know what you're getting. Exactly. And it's always the same. We're known for our mudslides and those are handmade. And those are good. You can't beat them. Um, Mm -hmm. We're told that they're the best. I, you know, I stopped drinking them when I was 16, but. You kind of, you cannot develop, I mean, you can, one can, but I would not recommend developing a mudslide habit. It's like developing developing a milkshake habit, kind of, right? Yeah, you gain a lot of weight. Some yeah. girls, you know, would come out and it always happens to the girls, but you, they eat the free chowder and the mudslides all summer. You got to roll them off the island at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to talk, but I, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. 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 They're, they they have a few calories. I wonder how many calories are in a month. Oh, 2,000. Oh, yeah? You've yeah. already done the math on that. So the top shelf, um, I always, you know, you want to sell the top shelf. Of course. Make that money. Yeah. And I always sold it as more alcohol and fewer calories. Right, because oh. it's Bailey's, Kahlua, and your choice of vodka. Yeah. Right? You know, we did the pretty bad vodka, but you could you could upscale to, you know, whatever you wanted. The- and then, so like, that's how you always know that someone's a douchebag because you're like, I want a top shelf mudslide. You're like, okay, you want Bailey's Kahlua, and they're like, give me Grey Goose or whatever. Exactly, you're like, you dipshit. You Why can't are you gonna... taste it, dude. No, like, no. But you know, but they know it's in there. So, I... and all of their friends know. All yeah, Grey Goose for me has to be you know on the rocks or in a martini. I mean, you know, you don't want to yeah. waste Grey Goose in no. and a mixer. No. you know. And I don't. Even, is Grey Goose even good anymore? It's all right. No, I'm more of a kettle one girl. Yeah, kettle solid, right? And I know this is gonna; these are fighting words, but I think Tito's is trash. I mean, you know, I could believe you. I I don't know if I go that far, but it's definitely not your higher end vodka necessarily. Yeah, but you know, it's hip. It's gluten free. That was their big thing. Yeah, I mean, so Tito's mudslides. It's like a diet mudslide. Right. Or itself, um, its name, obviously it. And do you think the name, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the name or the oars hanging in the oar? So speaking of, you know, sailors, um, the oar actually used to be like a sailor's hangout. Right. So um, it really started as just a hole in the wall, I think. Um, and then when the Drapers took it over, I mentioned Rita earlier, um, they really turned it into this like tourist destination. Um, it is just always jammed. It's always jammed. You're lucky if you have a two hour wait. Yeah. That's a good night. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. But I guess it's you can go there with kids and drink and it's acceptable. You know, it's right. And I mean, I think that but I've never been there when it's not busy. Like, no, you can go around the whole island. Everybody's at a quarter full, half full, and they have a line out the door. Yes. Um, Did they have the lawn when you first started there or? So I started right as the lawn. Yes, the lawn was born. Uh, So. You know, I spent many days running up and down those stairs. I think I lost 50 pounds each summer. Just counteract, mi- counteract the mudslides. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I chowder. didn't have to be rolled off. Right. Which was exciting. And that's how, because they had the lawn out there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, if you wore a Fitbit, you walked about 15 to 20 miles in a shift. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So my calves were really looking good. And jacked. Yeah. Jacked calves. Yeah. They were almost getting like too, too jacked. 
All right. gross. <laughs> so I think we got off sidetracked on your horror story. You said okay. you were working yep. with my daughter. All right. So one night, um, this young, kind of nerdy couple wearing baseball caps came for an early dinner at the Oar. I'm sure they had to wait for a while. Um, and they're sitting in the back row on the back deck. And Lindsay goes up and does her, you know, typical spiel. How's it going? They said, you know, it's it's going really well, but we have a question for you. And, you know, we get so many dumb questions. Like, do you commute over every day? Oh, yeah. um, how do I get an oar hung up? So they did ask, would it be possible to get a, a paddle? They said paddle. Get a paddle taken off the wall. And Lindsay said, I, I don't know, probably not. Um, and they said, all right, because we'd like to beat the blonde bitch up front with it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did that, did that change the answer? Um, you know, <laughs> let me get a screwdriver. Yeah, Lindsay helped him out, and we do have people come and you know they hung up a wedding oar, and we had one guy come up and say, get, "Take this oar down. My wife cheated on me with my best man." And they're divorced now, and then yeah. the oar is up there like forever. It should just it should be a rule you can edit your oar. So tell us a little bit about the oar, and you know it's called the oar. Why do you think it's called the oar? Well, so technically, actually, it's all, it is all paddles on the wall. I, there's some difference between paddles and oars that I'm not familiar with, but there's tons of paddles um, hanging up. So people bring in their oars. Uh, you know, they design them. We have some really awesome ones. Um, people put a lot of time and effort into them. And they paint them, correct? They do, yep. Okay. Um, they paint them. They glue stuff on. Decorate them. You know, bachelorette parties or weddings or, you know, sadly, deaths sometimes. We got them all. Um, and, and they get hung up in the ore. They do. Our lovely do-it-all guy, Erio, um, I think this is his least favorite part of the job. He is responsible for hanging up ores. He usually does it once a week in the summer because we get about 40 to 50 every week. No way. Oh, yeah. So how do you decide who decides how who which ores get put up and which ones don't? Are there some that are... There permanently that are never going to come down. Um, what's the rotation like? Is there like a judge? Is it like, is it like uh, The Voice or uh, American Idol where you have a panel and there's like Stephen Rita Draper and yourself and George and you're all like, you know, judging the oars or how does that go down? You know, good question. Um, we do get some pretty bad ones. Uh, and unfortunately, those do get tossed. We just don't have enough room. If they have stickers, forget it. Because, you know, with this humidity and the ocean the stickers fall off look like crap in the week yeah i mean yep. come on you know the cute kid brings it in we're like sorry buddy it's it's not happening but do you put on like a good show for the parents and the kid when they the kid gives you the ore? oh yeah we, are you like oh this is so nice thank you so much or do you just tell them be like yeah this ain't gonna make it kid um you know we try to be nice but you, got, you just gotta be honest sometimes i never thought you'd get that many <laughs> Oh, it's 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 insane. So, so they, it's pretty political about who gets featured. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah. So all the ones inside the restaurant, those have been there since the 80s. Uh, the fire chief told us you got to stop if, you know, it's like a bunch of kindling in there. If yeah, there's a fire, right. it all goes up. So those are all permanent. Um, and then outside, George kind of delegates where stuff goes and. He's we're pretty tough on how things look like it's got to be a good ore to be hung. Yeah. And I mean, well, so George is really the final gatekeeper. I'd it say sounds so. like. Yeah. yeah. OK. He's not like running up the flagpole to like Rita and Steve being like they're, he's, they're not getting like a briefing or a dossier every week of the ore submission. No, but if they come in and I think they will say if they don't like something, generally not. OK. And who 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 shares the management with George? Karen? 
Karen. Yep. Now, does she have any say in the orders, or is that not her thing? Uh, no, she does the liquor ordering, which is I don't know how she does it. So she doesn't really do the ores. Yeah. Okay. How, how much do you need? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. send all of it. Now the old ore before you. Do you remember the old ore, Mark? I do vaguely. I got so, here in '96, so like I was there for the very last. So the old ore was just a deck with no cup, no no classy covering and all that. It was just a building, and they did. I think it was Wednesday nights or something. They did a thing called Dollar Vodka Night. Right. I was there for the last one, and it, I know why. It was the last <laughs> one. <laughs> I mean, there were people taking off their clothes in the front lawn, and I mean, it was just... Well, that still happens. It was like the tail end of the unruly... Usually a rich's house. Yeah, 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 it happened last night. Wait a minute. I was in bed. Um, um, People would just get so unruly, and eventually I think the the town had to interact. And I think that was the end of those unruly days where (laughs) things were... The town was like, no more vodka night. You can't can't something called vodka night anymore. Yeah, they were on the cusp of the no more happy hour. Right. But but you could do a drink special as long as it was the duration of a certain... It it had to be all night. Rules, rules, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me tell you, it it was a very cheap night out. You know, you would go there with a ten dollar bill and uh, tip like a sailor, and you were in for a right. nice. Eight Not drinks. a race week sailor, though. That's Let's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I meant oh, you know, you a dollar for the drink cheap. and a quarter for the tip. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Heard. It's a twenty five percent tip right. on a dollar. Right. right. What? <laughs> you know, that's it's pretty a, generous. That's a good tip. <laughs> so. Yeah. Speaking of tipping, you know that is how we made our money. Um, the hourly wage was, you know, three dollars. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's generous. Yeah. 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 So that was we made all our money, and let's just say that on a bad night. I made $300. I mean, that's great money. That's crazy, right? Yeah, you know, we'd be checking out at the end of the night. And, oh, I only made 350 tonight. Uh, <laughs> Common sentiment. So, again, like, that's a thing out here, right? Don't you get a little bit spoiled as a server, you know, sometimes out here? Or, yep. like, you may lose a little bit of focus. I know that from dealing with bartenders here at Captain Nick's over mm-hmm. the years. You know, they come in and they're like, oh, all gung-ho, and they're so psyched because they're making all this money. They're like, this is great. I'm, they're working really hard. And then a couple, two or three years in, they're like, oh, I only made two fifty dollars <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's insane, the money. But the, the burnout's also insane, you know? Okay, right. So, you know, you start in June, and by July, you want to drown in the ocean. It's There's no other way to put it. Or vodka. Or vodka. I mean, yes, that's always preferable. Yes. Yeah, I, I always found the new arrivals were like, "Can I pick up another shift? I need another shift. I'm not making any money. I'm not making any money." And then about three weeks later, it's like, "You think I can get Wednesday off? I can't walk." You know. And in the beginning, I'd be like, "Just hold on. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Just wait for it." George then, would always sit us down and say, "There's plenty of money to go around." Right. Yeah. And it sounds like why George could run that ship the way he wants to because you make good money there. So they. You know, you want to be here, you want to be here. It's my yep. way or the highway. And, you know, by the end of the season, you are just so done. Um, you know, I had a friend who would write in her planner for her schedule. Um, you know, in January, she'd flip ahead and write, do not go back to the oar because you just forget how bad it is. <laughs> so then you got to think ahead and be like, I can't do it anymore. Until, like, April comes around. And you're broke. And you're broke. And yep. you're like, God damn it. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm doing it. So uh, I did it for eight long years. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the bad things. They're like pain. You know, you don't remember the pain from the past as much as you remember the great things. And I think it's the same with the summer job. You you slowly the the part that makes you so tired and sick of it and all dissolves. But you have those great memories of the great 
people you work with here. And how old were you when you started working at the OR? 16. Okay, so you're 16, right? Yep. I'm sure you weren't drinking when you were 16 years old, no, right? No, no. Of course no. not. But maybe when you'd been working there and you were old enough to drink, which would have been like 16 and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, l- let me see if I can guess what your night was like, right? You go into work. Okay, you work a whole shift, get slammed, make your 300 bucks, mm-hmm. go to an after hours or go out to the bars, maybe not at 16 and a half, but go out, have some drinks, go to an after hours party till 3 a.m., right? Then you go to an after after hours party till 5 a.m., go to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. No problem. Mark, you nailed it. Right? Yep. Not, not like I've ever done this before either. <laughs> no. Me yeah. neither. Never. Right? Rinse and repeat. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah. started going to the bars around 18, I'd say, and I, I must say, the only bar I couldn't get into with my fake, you know what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. Captain Nick's. Yeah, so good job there. Well, you know, I resented you. you for many years, I know I'm many, glad we can be Many people now. have and still do, so you're not alone. Yeah, we get joy out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Rich works at the door, I'm sure we've yeah. covered yeah. that in the podcast. Well, we've talked a little bit about it, yeah, it's a fun yeah. job. One time yeah. I walked up to Rich um, at the door, and you know, I'd had a few cocktails, and Rich and I are pretty tight, um, and I said... I can't wait for you to come sleep over. <laughs> and the other guy working the door was like, dude, what? And Rich is like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's fine. This is the extra daughter. Yeah. Uh, when are you coming over? You can sleep over. I have, uh, you can sleep. And Rich is like on the couch. <laughs> she means on the couch. Yeah. The yeah, dude yeah. was very confused. But we like it that way. Yeah. What are you some, do you have any like great just hangout stories from like your days, you know, hanging out at, after work with your coworkers, like any good like work stories or after work stories? Yeah. So, you know, I was pretty known for having great late nights. I'm going to say it. Um, I think that's another reason my grandparents sold the house. Should I explain what a late night is? Yeah. All right. So basically the bars uh, on Block Island close at one. Um, and then, you know, you're not ready to be done yet. So what do you do? You find someone who has a house. And every night I'd say, I'm not having a late night. Get a few Pinot Grigios in me. I had the late night. Right. Now, were your grandparents there at the time? Were your, was your mom there? Like, how did this all work out? So it was often in the off season when people weren't out. Um, so one time I actually had a late night when my grandparents were gone for just the night. I was 17. Um I think your daughter was there. I'm sure she was. I think I was there, actually. Yeah, Maybe. Rich did come to a few. <laughs> no, I, I came to a few of them, but not till later. Yeah. 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 Till I was like 17. And a half. Yeah. And a yeah. half. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everyone's there. All my friends had eaten um, edibles that night, so they were all passed out. So it was like me, 18, and then, you know, the people who come to late night, 45-year-olds on the island. The creepers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was me and them, and the cops came. Ah. Uh, and it was a new cop. I can't remember. It was bald dude. And he was like, I'm breaking up the party. And I was like, you have no rights. That was my first night drinking tequila, actually. <laughs> so the only alcohol that's not a depressant I've heard. That's, really? Yeah. Supposedly. I believe it. I was bouncing off the walls mm-hmm. and he was floored by my reaction. He's like, I'm coming in. I was like, you can't come into my house. And, you know, all the creepers are up on the widow's walk, the porch on top of the house, smoking the weed, watching the show. And they're like, who is this girl? She's insane. Talking to cops like this. <laughs> it's your house. <laughs> yeah, it was my house. So, uh, you know, my grandparents obviously found out and I got in trouble. But the worst part was the next night we were eating dinner and they went to turn on their speakers and I'd blown them. 
Ooh. Oh. Did they have like it was it like a risky business situation where it was like the prize stereo system? Oh, it was very thoroughly throughout the entire house. Ooh. So Did you have to pay for it? No. They didn't I was spoiled. Oh. Yes. Well, that's good. It's, that's a hard one to cover. That's like that's not like trying to get a stain out of the rug. No, it's like yeah. you're you talking know. like a three to four thousand dollars. Yeah, like, would have been fix. a few shifts at the orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So lots of late nights. Those were really fun. Here's the most important question: Was it worth it? Always. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. I have some good memories. And actually, my boyfriend and I met at a late night, but we were both so drunk that it took a few years to really realize we knew each other. Okay. Um, and so then, you had met previously drunk at a late night. We had. And yep. you didn't remember that. Yep. Until later. Yeah. One of his favorite stories is I had a, the or wouldn't do employee parties because there's just so much on at stake with those. Um, I think something happened a couple years ago where there was nudity and well, I won't get into it. So anyways, I had the employee party. I took it on. I was willing to do it. So Something special about Block Island is a lot of our um, workers are from Serbia. Right. So it was quite the mix of people. Um, It was, you know, these little girls like myself who have their house on the island and then these Serbian kids and then the islanders. So the Serbians lined the hallway downstairs and my boyfriend came to the party and he was walking in and... A fight broke out actually over your daughter, Rich, Maddie. Yeah, that's about right. Um, <laughs> basically, someone thought that they were threatening her. They weren't. And uh, Yeah, but you can't be too careful with that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so you su- you sicked the Serbians on them? Or? I did, yeah. 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 So. yeah. Was the fight am- amongst employees? No, it was um, Jake and his friend. And Jake's not the tallest guy and neither are his, is his friend against these giant Serbian dudes. It was pretty funny. Wow, and this is in your <laughs> And grand- I was like, what a weenie that kid is, and now I'm dating him. And this is in your <laughs> grandparents' house. It, yep, it's an upside-down house, so um, you would walk in, and all the bedrooms were downstairs, kitchens upstairs. Gotcha. Yes. So any damage from the fight? Yeah, I actually thought I lost my cat to the fight, and uh, if you know me, you know I was really attached to this cat. So I woke up the next day, and I was like, where the hell is Tippy? <laughs> And uh, she was fine, but Tippy uh, was okay. She was, okay. yeah. Tippy wow. made a long time. How old was Tippy when? Eighteen and a half. Wow, that's an old cat. That's an old cat. I had an old cat when I was a kid. Really, sixteen. I paid for her to live that long by working at the OR, actually. So right, right. you're a good mom. Thank you're a you. good kitty mom. Thank you. Pride and joy. Yeah, think- if if not like the best like after hours thrower necessarily, you know. It's a, it's a proud title I have. Were you uh do you think you were nicer to your cat than you ever were to your twin brother? Oh, for sure. You're so mean to him. I I'm don't... so mean to him. And my younger brother too. Yeah, but not like I don't know. I thought twins were supposed to be like attached and Yeah. You know... We fought like cats for Hardcore. most of our life. <laughs> Hardcore. What bonded us was drinking, actually. So when we started drinking, we saw eye to eye. It bonds people, It's you the know? great equalizer. Yeah. You know? Speaking of bonding people, I have a theory. I, I, first off, I think everyone, before they go out into the world for their real job, should have to work in the service industry for six months. You know, just to, because you learn how hard it is, and you learn how to treat people. Like, I, you, you can tell when somebody comes in that they've, if they've worked in a restaurant. But I also feel like, especially on Block Island, when you go work in a, in a restaurant, you you you're forced to mix and live amongst other people that are different than you. 
And, you know, with all these problems out in the world right now, I found like when I did it, it made me learn to get along with and love everybody from all cultures and all ages and all, you know, everything. I mean, you, did you feel that way working there? Like you got a greater experience than if you had just gone into a certain job that was all like you? Oh, definitely. The people skills you pick up, the patience, it is, everyone should do it. You you get very good at telling people to fuck off while smiling at them. Oh, man. Yeah. My fake customer service was, and I think that's why I'm like successful now is because I don't have a problem saying no to people, but I do it with a smile on my face. Can we do a little role playing you and I, not the weird kind, but just like uh, customer server um, kind of interaction. Sure. Ready? Yep. Okay. Excuse me, miss. Um, this chowder is not hot enough and there aren't enough clams in it. Um, what can you do for me? Uh, well, all right. Take the chowder, walk into the wait station talk to my friends and go back with the exact same bowl of chowder. And you say, here it is. And I'm going to taste it and go, oh my God, so much better. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. You guys were, you're so great. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Yeah. It's like the Jedi mind trick. And it, these people. And it never fails that when you're at your busiest, this happened to me all the time. That's when people want to ask you the questions about, you know, living on the, like oh, for me, especially gosh, yeah. sometimes I would lie at the very first question. Do you live here year round? And I would have to just be like, no. And oh that yeah. Would, Cause I would avoid like 10 more questions. It wasn't that I didn't mind, you know, hated talking about it, but I just don't have the time right now. I had a, I had a staple answer sometimes too. I'd be like, um, yeah, I live here year round. It's pretty nice in the winter. We like it. It's quiet. There's a school out here, K through 12, you know, and you, you just go through the whole list Bullet of their points. next five questions yep. bang, bang, and then they kind of gape their mouth a little and they're like, oh. They, so I'm going to let you sit and think about that while I yeah. go get your drinks. But you have to hit them with it because otherwise it's, you know, and, yeah. and it's natural curiosity. What do you do there in the winter? I'm like, I make out with my sister a lot. Yeah. And then I just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I kill people. <laughs> That's usually a question ender right there. Usually does the trick. Yeah. yeah no, I remember your daughter and Grace O'Neill. They would just not tell people they lived no. here year round because they would be like, yeah. do you have plumbing? Do you have a school? Did you learn? <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> did you did you learn on an abacus? Yeah. <laughs> Math on an abacus. Give us your one of your. Did you ever tee off on a on a customer? So one thing I was really good at was chasing people who either didn't leave me a tip or it was a bad tip. So I did that a couple times, and you know I'd always get the money, and so I encouraged Grace O'Neill to do it as well. And Grace grew up here. She's this gorgeous, gorgeous girl. And she's, but she's a little more timid than me. And I, every time I'm like, Grace, you got to do it. So she finally works up the courage and chases the people and says, excuse me, like, was the service okay? And they said, are you kidding me? And threw coins at her. Really? Yeah. So that didn't really work out for her, but I always got more money out of it. So what would you say to the people? I'd say, hey, I'm just wondering, is there a reason you didn't leave a tip? Or if it was, you know, an 8% tip, I'd say, was the service okay? Because this is a really bad tip. You, straight up. You yeah. just be like, this is a bad tip. Yep. And what would they say to you? They'd get really red, and I'd just stand there, and it was super awkward, but I embraced it. Did you stone face them? You just stone faced mm -hmm. them, looked, stared right yeah. at them? Yep. And uh, like, did some people like freak out on you, get mad at you? Nope, never. Never? No, they're you're, usually like, oh, so sorry. So you're kind of an intimidating motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, what they call resting bitch face. Ooh. Yeah. That's a great skill to have. It's really key in the restaurant industry, I'd say. Totally. Yeah. So. Do you think you've ever given lousy service and gotten a better tip than you should have, though? It, or the shoe, it, I mean, it falls both ways, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Like what, what's your, on you, what's the one that, you know? Um, I'd say forgetting to put in food. The big one, huh? Right. And the worst was the fried chicken bucket. Mm. You can't rush fried chicken. You can't serve raw chicken. And they and they have runners there. So often you're not running your own food out. So yeah. it takes you a while to realize, you know, hey, did you run food to that table finally? And they're like, no. And yeah. Now you're like, oh, it's not. Oh, not in. Yeah. You lie. And, have you lied and blamed it on somebody else? The oh, kitchen's the kitchen really every, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. every time. Every time. Sorry, the chef's drunk again. Yeah, sorry, guys. And again, that goes both ways because often if you do everything perfectly right, but the food's not that great, it reflects in your tip. Definitely. And people don't ever, you know, I know. And that's Mm -hmm. what I say about working in that business you learn. I know that if my waitress does a great job, she's on top of it with her drinks, she's, she's there for anything you need, but my steak's overdone, it's not the waitress's fault. You know, that would be a review for the restaurant, but not the server. You would think it was my fault based on some reaction. They do. That's what I mean. If they had worked in the restaurant business, they would have known. Yep. You know? Well, that's what's so great about Yelp these days, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, reading or Yelp reviews is a pastime of mine. Oh, yeah. Keeps me up at night. Do you remember any of them? Um, They called one of our managers a blonde Nazi. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Nazis were generally blonde, I guess. That's true. Yeah, it was just kind of trying thing. to describe her physically, I guess. Funny um, fact, I just found out I'm part Jewish yesterday. Really? Yeah. Did you like the, t- whatever that thing No, was? I don't want my DNA in the no hands of kidding. the government. But, um, yeah, six and a quarter percent. Really? Well, yeah. Mazel tov. Yeah, I know. You Lines. just missed this Yom a, Kippur, right? I, I don't know, because I've been ignoring it all these uh, years. So I'm kind wait, of excited. Wait, how much are you? One eighth? Six and a quarter percent. Oh, six and a quarter? Six. Point one four. Six point two five. Right. Six point two five. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I let that out to somebody. Very exciting sidebar. Happy yeah. Wait. Yeah. Are you announcing this publicly for the first time? First time ever. Your your your, your partial Judaism. Yeah. I'm a lot of ish. I found out I didn't know about <laughs> Danish. I I didn't know I was Danish or Irish either. Amazing. My mom passed away recently, and I was you know going through the file cabinets, and there was a she had done a genealogy chart and. You know, providing nobody slept with somebody they weren't supposed to. I'm a six and a quarter percent Jewish, you know? Can't cool. believe she didn't tell you that. I never it's asked. big news, yeah. It's big asked. news. Yeah. So getting back to people who stiff you on tips, mm-hmm. um, you always got the money. I did. I really did. Um, I worked up the courage. And I think other restaurants, the managers would have been like, you can't do that. But George was all for it. He yeah. was like, you do you. So let me ask you this: Did it? Did you ever think about and becoming a bails bondsman or like a work for the mafia, like a limb breaker? You know? Yeah, I thought about going to law school because oh, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go chase same some ambulances. Thing. Yeah, same difference, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show me the money, Lebowski. Exactly. Yeah. I actually thought about marrying um, a Serbian to make like ten grand. Yes, but um, that's a thing out here. It's a thing. Um, you want to explain that to sure. for our listeners? So basically, um, as I said, we get a lot of um, Middle East. Eastern Bloc, I guess you used Eastern to be called. European, Eastern yeah. European, yeah. yeah. Serbia, Geog- Croatia. My geography, um, it's not good. So um, they, w- they come out for the summer on J-1 visas, and they are the hardest workers you'll ever meet compared to us American lazy people. So uh, they come out, and then they want to stay. I mean, not in the current climate. Like, no one wants to come to America, nor can they. But um, they used to want to stay and live here forever. But you need a green card. And you marry uh, an American. 
And get a green card. And get a green card. And you pay them. Uh, and I knew that happened to a few a few people did it. Um, one of my coworkers genuinely fell in love with someone from Moldova. And st- still charged him 10 grand. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. Um, well, if you I, love someone, 10 grand's <laughs> <yeah>. nothing. <laughs> right, that's yeah. how I would look at it. Love Absolutely. is love. Yo, I got to buy you a ring. It's going to be at least that. Basically, you're buying your own engagement ring. Yeah. But because... Um, this, these scams have been happening. They had to go through a crazy process to get the green card, like prove that this was real. Yeah, no, I know. They check social media. So if you're going to do that, you have to be like, ah, yeah, exactly. I like you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't think my grandpa would have been thrilled about that. So What, if you married for uh, for the 10 grand? Yeah. Yeah. How long of a commitment is that? Do we know? Is like three years you have to remain married? I don't know. Because oh, you start talking annual, that's only... About thirty three hundred a year. That's yeah, not yeah. that much money. Not really when it shakes out. It's got to make it like five years. I'd I'd say ten grand a year for those five years. Would yeah, be worth doing it. Right, maybe could be like a cottage industry. It is, I think. Right. Yeah, might be. Wouldn't yeah. imagine it is. Yeah. Right. So my price tag was too high. I w- I would say it was like two hundred k. you know. Mm, no comment. You, you don't think I'm <laughs> worth that rich? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think there's other people that would, it's about what's available for the price. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if somebody's that into you, they probably don't want to pay you at all. Yeah. It's true love. It's you know, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of uh, service industry stuff. Here's your chance. Give us, give, give, give some of our listeners your number one tip for uh, going to a restaurant here on Block Island. Go. Just be patient. You know, we're working so hard. Um, as I said, walking 15 to 20 miles a day during a shift. So just be patient and you will get your mudslide. And order them earlier, maybe only when it's half empty instead of waiting until it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't come out of thin air. I know it seems like it should. I've been known, to, this is a horrible thing to do, but I've been known to say, what would you like to drink, sir? I'll have two mudslides, please. <laughs> and then, just order them back to back. That's actually yeah. a great tip, When they Rich. bring you the first one, you order the second one. I always appreciate that when customers see how busy we are mm-hmm. and they say, just bring me four mud slides. I'm like, yeah. yes, dude. Next time you swing a by, drop me another drink. Yep. And, you know, it's a good good way to go. Do you, are you a Maddie or Madden? Do you go by Maddie? Because that is that. Well, no. so my full name's actually Madigan. Madigan? Uh, yep. And I, But my parents knew they wanted to call me Madden. Oh. So it's, I, I respond to anything. Do you wear, do you ever wear cardigans? I do. And does your grandfather ever say oh madigan's wearing a cardigan again he sure does have you ever said that sentence madigan's wearing a cardigan again no but Can you i try love and say it. it right now for me madigan's wearing a cardigan again again, again. <laughs> you should couldn't even get it right See? the first time try it one more time madigan's wearing a cardigan again there i like it i don't know I where like that it. accent came from but <laughs> what was that accent? i don't know that was pretty neat how you I like it threw though. it out there yeah, yeah. All right. Shenanigan. There's a lot of good words that go with that. Shenanigan. Madigan is up to shenanigans while she's wearing her cardigan again. (laughs) Cardigan again. And she ate recently at a Bennigan. (laughs) Oh, you can eat buffet. (laughs) All right. Matt, Madigan, we're going to do our lightning round with you. Awesome. Let's do it. Are you ready for the lightning round? I am. All right. As the name would imply, this is going to come very fast. And we're just going to ask questions and don't think too much about them. First, you know, stream of consciousness, whatever comes in your head, throw it out there. It's gotten me in trouble before, but let's yeah. do it. Well, that's what we're shooting for. Yep. All right. You ready? Let's do it. How many kids would you like to have? Five. Cake or pie? Pie. Oh, wait. I take that back. Cake. Uh, my mom makes really good cake. 
For survival reasons, you have to share a sleeping bag with one of your managers from the OR. Would it be George or Karen? George. If the toilet paper roll is low, but not completely out, do you replace it or leave it for someone else? Uh, it depends, because my brothers never replace it. So if I'm in the house with them, they can suck a big one. <laughs> What's your favorite Block Island Beach? Uh, Kunimis. What sound does a seal make? That's it. Come where on. Where that came from? Start. Try one more time. What sound does a seal make? Slap. <laughs> Slap. Was that? How did, could you spell that? <laughs> My brain's not fully working right now. How about? Oh, duh. <laughs> wow. It's never too late. Do you want to try and make? What sound does a seal make? Ooh. Sounds like a dying dog. It sounded a little like a I don't know what like that a was. Penguin with one foot in the blender. Yeah, yeah it was very, that wasn't yeah. good. Change one. Well, that was good though. Thank you. No, thank you. I want to say thank you to all our listeners out there for listening to us again. Remember, reach out anytime with questions or comments. You can reach out. It can send us an email at two guys on bi at gmail and don't forget to follow us on social media. Right now we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you listen to our podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the other ones. Man, Madigan, great times. Once again, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. All right, Rich. Ah, fun stuff. All right, Rich, I'll talk to you later. All right, have a great week, and thanks for listening. What does a seal actually say? You mean like when, when I'm frying it in the pan? Yeah. It's like crackling and okay. crispy. They have a lot Sizzling. of that. Yeah. 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 Crispy flipper is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Partially, you, you know, you'll hear the seal. It makes a lot of noise when you start frying. Right. But then, but it then eventually it, it stops. It's over, yeah. Did you get a haircut this week? Uh, no. I yeah, we I... know. We know. <laughs> Blue with fruit and a doo-doo-doo. Feeling pretty okay. In the Bahamas, wearing pajamas 24 hours a day. Two Guys on Block Island is recorded live at Captain Nick's Rock and Roll Bar. Music, courtesy of the Booze Beggars. All segments produced by Rich Trethaway and Mark Scortino. See you next time, Captain.